Hello, I'm Josh Witt. I'm not going to sleep well tonight. Welcome to Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. Episode 7, Missouri. Follow me on Instagram, at Burning Springs. Follow me on Facebook, search for Unreasonable Doubt. Find information about the show there. Email unreasonabledoubtwv at gmail.com. West Virginia comes back from down 16 with about 8 minutes to go to win 83-79. West Virginia was out-rebounded by 15. They shot 36% from the field. The offense was stagnant. Guys were standing around for good portions of the game. Carter had three fouls in the first half, and West Virginia pulls it out. Javon Carter, what a game, 29 points. There was a stretch in the second half where on Missouri possessions, three times in a row, Carter got a steal. Six points in 40 seconds when West Virginia needed it. They were down 13 with five minutes left. Then he gets those three steals in a row couple of shots and a free throw and two free throws. The guy from Missouri, Geist, he tried to throw it into his bread basket and Carter just, he wasn't going to get played. You can't play him like that. Hey, man, he's a senior. He's got a number two in the world chin strap beard. He is not going to get played. And then, of course... I, t- I mentioned earlier, three fouls in the first half, did not foul out, made the three to take the lead, 77-75, to 75, iced the game with the last free throws. Man, he just, he just, he was in a frenzy that second half, and confident, and he brought home the victory for West Virginia, along with the other senior, Daxter Miles. My nickname for him will be the Roller Coaster. He is up and down. Not consistent. But when it's good, it's great. And he was great tonight. Uh, After Carter's steal flurry, Miles scored the next four points, including a steal. He made clutch free throws. He made almost all his free throws. He struggled with that in his career. Tonight, 14 of 15 from the line. Great game. Needed all those points from Miles, including a bunch of free throws late in the game to keep a four-point lead. So great job from Daxter Miles. Unsung hero Wesley Harris. He did the dirty work tonight. Nine points, ten rebounds. Especially in the first half, he was flying around getting offensive rebounds. Not... Trying to shoot threes or do something out of his comfort zone. Let the game come to him. Big block. The possession before the Carter three. He made five of six from the free throw line. West Virginia only missed five tonight. They got a bunch of points from the free throw line. I I worried about that earlier in the season. Uh, Tonight, they're not going to shoot it this well every game. But if they didn't shoot that well tonight, they would have lost. So fantastic. You know, Huggins was running post-ups. This is how rough the offense was. He was running post-ups for aggressive neck tattoo freshman Teddy Allen. And Teddy delivered. He had eight points tonight. 
he was really good. He did not shoot any threes. He did really good. And I got to give credit to Huggins. You know, Kanate foul trouble. Carter foul trouble. Went to the 1-3-1 in the middle of the second half. It didn't really get us back into the game, but it just changed the flow. And then Missouri kind of got up, you know, 14-16, and they took their, he took the pedal off the gas. Martin kind of backed off. They played to try to run the clock down. They were not aggressive like they were in the first half and allowed us to get back into the game. So just a fantastic game to watch, especially for the winning side. Seven games in, West Virginia's played two games that matter. They're one and one. This doesn't mean anything winning this tournament, but they didn't give up. More after this. Some random thoughts from tonight's game. I talked about Kanate fouling out. His fifth foul was a technical foul for running his mouth. That's his second technical on the season. We're seven games in. So I've been calling him the lovable knucklehead. If he keeps up the technical foul stuff, we're going to have to lose the lovable adjective. And he's just going to be a knucklehead. And that's not as endearing as lovable knucklehead. Uh, it hurts the team. Yeah, it was kind of a weak technical foul tonight. But still, it's something that was unnecessary. So... Sagabacanate, you're still the lovable knucklehead, but you need to get away from this technical bow, uh, technical foul business because it's, it's not a good look, and it's not lovable. Technical fouls, for the most part, are not lovable. I know you can change it. I believe in you. Um, this show is growing. I keep telling you all about the accolades that this podcast is receiving i got another one to share on the anchor app this podcast moved from the top 5,000 to the top 500 so we jumped up 4,500 spots on anchor and that's thanks to you the listeners (laughs) it's just it's moving but i only tell you the accolade this time because i think teddy allen listened to the podcast Because he didn't shoot any threes. He stayed close to the basket. And when he was away from the basket. He dribbled towards the rim. And not. uh, He didn't shoot a three. So he was great tonight. So I think he listened. Except for that part where I told him to tell Bender. To not shoot threes. Because Bender shot a three. Because his defender was giving him like ten feet. And pretty much saying, yeah, I don't think you can make that. And so he shot a three, and it looked like the backboard moved from the (laughs) – from how hard – like he shot put it onto the backboard. He's in his head about offense. He is not confident in his jump shot. And the other team knows that he is not dangerous – I think anywhere on the court, but they're going to give him a three-pointer every time. And he was like, "Ah, nobody's coming. I'm going to shoot it. And it was a cannonball. So, Bender, if you're listening, 
get out of your head with it, get some get closer to the basket, make a shot there, and then work your way out. But don't shoot a three, okay? You're gonna, you're like you know. Remember how Shaq brought the whole backboard down? That's gonna happen, but it's gonna be from you shooting a three pointer, and it's not supposed to work like that. The other thing tonight at halftime, they did a comedy bit. Uh, the the color guy, um, Fran Fraschilla, who used to be a coach, I think he's a good analyst. Him and Shiambi. Uh, uh, they cover a lot of Big 12 games, so if you watch West Virginia, you're familiar with his work. But he went with the comedy routine tonight. They're in Lake Buena Vista, Florida. They had the Disney characters, and so he was coaching up the Disney characters. He's coaching up Mickey and Goofy and Chip and Dale. And so he was picking on Goofy tonight, and he had some classic lines. Uh, Goofy made a bad pass, and he said, Goofy! That's a goofy pass. <laughs> I think somebody wrote that for him. And then he said, and the, this seemed like a improvised line. He said, how could you be so goofy? And then when they came in to do the say whatever on three, he said, one, two, three, where dreams come true. And then the character started dancing. And it was funny, but not in the way that they intended it. And that's that's my favorite comedy, is unintentional comedy. So if they can do that each halftime, some kind of comedy routine, that would be fantastic. Final thoughts coming up. Some final thoughts for this episode. I got a call on the Anchor app that I'm going to share with you. If you download the Anchor app and listen to Unreasonable Doubt... On the application, there's a button where you can call in to the show, and I'll put it on the air. And so I got another call from Rick Groans. Uh, Rick, he left a lengthy call this time, so I've shortened it uh, due to the time constraints of this podcast that I put on myself. But here's his edited call. Hey, Josh, uh, great job on the podcast. This is Rick. Um, it has come to my attention in some of the forums uh, that the format of my questions uh, may be a bit off to some people. Um, I apologize for that. So I'm just going to ask some questions. I'm not going to number them. You know, you can count them and then number them if you want to at the end. That's fine. I don't have a problem with that. But I want to know who do you think um, are some of the best players over seven foot four inches tall that you've seen in your lifetime. Seven foot four is the uh, mark that they have to hit. Uh, also, the elevator story, um, it's a bold move to walk just straight past the elevator and stop at some point and turn back around. I mean, you're putting a lot out there. Um, you really don't want to ride with that person. Like you said, you're not guaranteeing that you're going to ride alone. Uh, so you're playing a numbers game. And uh, what's the percentages? Of, what's the percentages of you... Thanks, Rick, for that question. This is in response to the Central Florida player who was over seven foot four. He was seven six. And so, in my research, I just thought of guys who were taller than your standard seven footer, and I came up with six names 
the rest ofs, they didn't crack the top three. Mark Eaton for the Utah Jazz. Strong beard, not a very good basketball player for 7-4. Uh, Manu Bowl, uh, 7'7". Seven. His son is being recruited for college. Uh, so he'll be a freshman next year. But Manute Bull, his stats, not very good. When you go to basketball reference, in your head you think, man, Manute Bull, he could shoot threes. There's highlights of him being great at defense. Look at his stat lines on basketballreference.com. It's, he was not very good. Uh, George Murison for the Wizards. He actually had better stat lines than Mark Eaton and... Manute Bull. I can't imagine Murasan in today's NBA. It just, it would be, he would stand out for sure, even more so than he did back then. Also, he was in a movie with Billy Crystal. So, George Murasan. But the top three, number three, Rick Smits, played for the Indiana Pacers, battled uh, with Reggie Miller and Mark Jackson and the Davis brothers against those Michael Jordan Bulls teams and the Knicks, famously. Uh, Rick Smits didn't have a lot of 70, 80-game seasons in the NBA, but when he did, he could put up 18 points and 8 rebounds and was the third-best offensive player for those Indiana teams. So Rick Smith, number three, number two Hall of Famer Yao Ming. He was hampered by injuries as well, as with most of these guys with uh, this kind of height. Uh, but when Yao Ming was on, he was really good. Uh, in a close to a full season, he was good for 20 points and 10 rebounds. Good defensively, could move really well for a 7-foot Four guy. Um, so Yao Ming, number two, Hall of Famer Yao Ming. And then number one, this is reaching back to when I was six years old, but I remember watching him in the 86 NBA Finals. Ralph Sampson, number one. Um, he had a shortened NBA career. I remember having a Skybox card of him playing with the Sacramento Kings back when they had the light blue jerseys. Um, but he was a beast, especially in college, three-time player of the year. Uh, him and Akeem Olajuwon, if he could have stayed healthy, can you imagine? Because Samson, and I confirmed this by going to YouTube, he was mobile. He could go... He could do the Charles Barkley and get the rebound and go coast to coast. Uh, just such an athlete to be seven foot four. Um, so he should be Hall of Fame, Ralph Sampson. I didn't confirm that, but he's my number one guy who is seven feet four or taller who's played basketball. So that's it. Exciting win for West Virginia. Um, Listen to this. On the Anchor application, you can go to anchor.fm slash unreasonable doubt. Listen to it that way. We're on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. 
Haven't gotten any reviews lately, so the dozens of you are listening. This is a top 500 anchor podcast, so let's get those reviews out there. Rate it five stars. Um, the next game is coming up Thursday in Morgantown against New Jersey Institute of Technology, ranked 288th in the country in the Ken Pomeroy rankings, 311th in offense. So that's been unreasonable doubt. I'm Josh Witt. West Virginia is 6-1.